Hey, you're listening to the Heidi Rue Show podcast, where you'll hear compelling stories from female leaders, creators, and innovators. And today's guest is Ashley Doro. She worked in the costume department for a lot of movies that you have probably heard of and TV shows. Some of the movies are like Hunger Games. Hunger Gangs? Nope. Hunger Games. <laughs> That's a whole other that's a whole other movie. Hunger Games, Catching Fire, The Change Up and Passengers. Uh, she also did Odd Life of Timothy Green and now she is a fashion blogger from houseofduro.com. And not only that, but her blog really focuses on body positivity, which is so great. She's been featured in InStyle magazine. She is a wife, a mom to two girls, Emmy and Pearl, and we have a special guest of hers on the podcast. Pearl, her little girl, is here with us today. Ashley, on this episode, she talks about her really interesting path to fashion, how she learned to be confident with her body, and what she'll tell her own daughters if they struggle with that. One of the things that really impacted me from this episode was Ashley's tips for shopping because I don't, if you are like me, I have had a full on cry session before after a shopping trip. And especially, oh my goodness, Target's dressing rooms. I love so much about you, Target, but I hate your dressing rooms. The lighting is horrible. I have seen cellulite on my little pinky in a Target dressing room. It is ridiculous. So I never try on my bathing suits at Target. No, sir. Just pick them up and try them on at home. (laughs) So Ashley gives some really great tips that I honestly wish that I had heard even back in middle school and growing up in high school. So let's go ahead and hear from Ashley. Ashley, this is very exciting because it's the first for the podcast, but we have a little baby with us on the podcast today. (laughs) Pearl, what do you think about that? Yes? Oh, she's smiling, so that's good. That's a good sign. So far, so good. If we have to take an intermission, um, then that's totally fine as well. Okay. But Ashley, I'm so glad that you're here on the podcast today. I wanted to kind of go back in time and to find out kind of where your love for fashion came from. Because I know a lot of times, even like people that love fashion will say, oh yeah, when I was a little girl, I would change outfits like, you know, six days (laughs) throughout the day. Um, And I just knew right then and there. So was that the case for you? Actually, yeah. Um, I, my mom, once I finally got into this field, my mom was like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. Wow. Because you literally changed outfits six times a day and you would look in the mirror and you would tell me about them and um, you would tell me, like, why you chose certain things. I was always very, like, interested in clothes. My favorite memories are of my mom, like, taking us back to school shopping for clothes and mm-hmm. um, picking out stuff. But um, then I think, you know, I, I wasn't sure that I could ever do anything in fashion because it's a very, like, scary to say you're, like, knowledgeable about fashion is a little scary. So I did not think it was a field that I could like necessarily succeed in. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't go to fashion school. I didn't do anything like that. I actually um, went to school for film and TV production at UGA. And I found that everything I did was like wardrobe based. (laughs) Like I wrote a short film one time, like based on merely the fact that I wanted to have two characters wearing 
like windbreakers and fanny packs and like this whole <laughs> like awesome. 80s style. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I actually won an award for that short film wow. for the writing. And like, <laughs> you're like, if they only knew my true intention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was actually dating my now husband at that point. His cousin worked in graphic design, and she got him his first job on a movie. And it was right when the movies first started coming here to Mm -hmm. Atlanta. And um, sure enough, they were like, hey, we need to hire somebody for the art department. They hired me. I was a terrible fit. (laughs) (laughs) Because what did you do? Art department PA is like... You know, running errands um, at Sam Flax, like the art store, picking out paintbrushes, stuff like that. Uh I'm not that type of person. If it was fanny packs and windbreakers, you would be the girl. Exactly. (laughs) So it didn't – it was actually the first time that, like, I had been – I actually got fired. Wow. Because the film industry is, like, very cutthroat. And it wasn't any – it wasn't work performance-wise. It was just, like – Somebody else – it was a political thing. Somebody mm-hmm. else came along that was, like, really interested in art, and they hired him instead. And it was heartbreaking to me, but it gave me, like, a couple months of no work trying to figure out, like, what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Same movie ended up firing their whole costume department, and they were like, hey, Wes, my husband now, like, hey, do you know anybody that knows the malls and that can take this new costume designer around? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well – you know, Ashley knows everything about shopping in Atlanta. Like, if you guys are cool with rehiring her, but, like, in the costume department. And they were like, yeah, we loved Ashley. Like, of course we'll bring her back on. So they did, and I thought I was just working for a week. But the designer loved me. She kept me on the movie. And her name was Betsy Hyman. And she, like, totally set the course of the rest of my career. Wow. Because she fought for me to be on that job. Mm-hmm. And she kind of a big deal costume designer. So mm-hmm. she got me on that job, and then I worked as a costume PA for maybe two years, back to back to back. Like, I did not stop working. I'd end a job on a Friday, start another one on a Monday. It was just awesome because every movie that I worked yeah. on was just a different experience. So Back in college, though, you took a costume design class, and did. you didn't really like it. So what about this new position made you enjoy that versus the class? So... What I didn't like about the class was honestly, like, the teacher and Mm. the rules. So (laughs) it was basically, like, read this play and develop costumes. And I would develop my own costumes. And she was like, you know, this isn't conservative enough. It was too out of the box. Yeah. It was Mm -hmm. way too out of the box. She didn't didn't get my (laughs) vibe. Right. (laughs) So I think at that point I was so, like, didn't know. I did not know that I could do what I was doing without, like, a – fashion or a costume design degree yeah so when I first got that foot in the door like that was just fate like or magic or whatever that I was actually able to get like and then I learned now like being in that position where I actually like am the one that brings people in and hire hires people for costume departments sometimes um I'm like oh it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) what's on your degree right it's really all about like work ethic and your Mm -hmm. eye and I did that for a really long time until I had my daughter three mm-hmm. years ago, and she um, had some medical issues. She still she has a heart defect. She's doing okay right now, but it obviously was a very traumatic time for us. And um, so I took six months off. Which looking back, I'm like, oh my god, 
can't believe it only took six months off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a freelancer, so it's it makes it um, it's convenient for me to be able to like say yes or no to certain jobs. And for the first two years, I did two move one movie a year or one TV show a year. So I would work like six months on and then have six months off. And even that was just way too much. The hours are like 14-hour days. People that you work with in the industry just really don't understand. They don't have families. Yeah. Um, and you need somebody who's going to be like, oh, you need to go home and be with your daughter. Right. Not like annoyed that you have to go pick up your child because you don't have time to pick up a shirt from Brooks Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. They just don't get it. So um, I think it was during my second break when I decided, okay, I got to figure out something else because I'm creative. I can't just stay at home. I love staying at home and being, I want to be the person that raises my children, but I also want to be creative. And I also have to make some sort of like financial, Mm -hmm. you know, contribution to the family. And um, so I decided, I started following bloggers and I'm like, I... I'm just not really seeing anyone that, like, I resonate with. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like I might just start one and just see how it goes. Right. I was just so, like, I didn't know anything. I just, out of the blue, just started it. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. When I started the blog, I knew I was going to talk about motherhood. I wanted to do plus-size fashion um, because there was a real lack of that at that Mm -hmm. point. And then I was like... I think through that is when I started my whole like body self-love mm-hmm. journey and I just started sharing it publicly. I at the be- in the beginning I think I was a little nervous to be that vulnerable because it's like hard. Yeah. And at that point I didn't have my followers were still just like friends and family and it's to me it's always been a little harder to be like vulnerable in front of people who I actually know versus mm-hmm. like strangers. I don't sure. know why. Yeah. But um I started in April, and by that summer, I had gotten a collaboration with um, a swimwear line sold at Target, and I was like, I'm going to do, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to shoot photos in swimsuits. I don't care. I'm just going to, I did care, but I just kept telling myself, I don't care. I'm going to do this. Right. Like, I need to do this for me, and that was probably the first, like, turning point for me. And I remember the name of that blog post was called, like, Embracing My Mom Bod. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just realized, like, I have not been embracing this hmm. body that I'm in. Like, Does promoting the body positivity message, does that – do you feel like that keeps you in check in a way? Or oh, keeps you sure. accountable and going, okay, if I'm saying these truths to everybody else, yes. I've got to believe them myself. Yes. And I think that um, recently I talked about how – even though this is my message, I still am insecure. Like, I still have things about my body that I don't love. Okay, I take that back. I've really come a long way, and I do love, like, every part of my body. There are things that I'm not comfortable in. I'm not comfortable in my, like, with my arms. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I'm not going to wear a tank top? No, which is huge. Last year, I really would barely wear a tank top. So it's like, you know, it's it's a process. Yeah. Um, Tucking in my shirt, I'm not comfortable with my stomach. Do I still, like, love my stomach? Yes. A year ago, I would not have said that. So Mm. it's all part of the journey. I think, like, the major turning point for my blog was when I finally stopped. Like, I feel like in the very beginning I was, like, pretending to, almost pretending to be confident Mm. just because I thought that's what, like, 
I needed to do to be able to like portray fashionable outfits for people my size. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? I'm actually not com- like I'm not confident in this outfit and I'm going to tell you why. And like it just mm. kind of became like a, hey, I'm just going to tell you guys the honest truth constantly. Right. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> Ashley, I wanted to ask you about, especially, I mean, during this season, I mean, it's swimsuit shopping yeah. season. And we've all had those experience where, I mean, shopping can just be disheartening. It is. You may find an outfit that you think is so cute. You get in the dressing room and you're like, okay, that does not look the way it does on me that I was thinking. And it can be so discouraging. What are some things that you found that have really helped you get through those times? Those are like the worst days. They can ruin your day. Mm -hmm. They can ruin your week. It can take over your mind. It can trigger anxiety. I know all of this too well. I would say we have to stop like assuming when you walk into a store that everything is made for you and everything is going to fit you. It's not going to be a one-stop shop ever no matter what size or what shape you are. Clothing is manufactured based off of like a standard, you Mm. know, however they want to cut things. And it just doesn't make sense to, it doesn't make sense that they would fit everybody. So I think you have to go into it with the mindset like, I'm going to get tons of, this is what I do. I go in a store like Nordstrom where Nordstrom carries a decent amount of my size not a ton, and you kind of have to search for it. But that's okay. I know that, and I'm good with that. And I go in, and I just pull every single thing I see that even, like, strikes my eye. I pull it all, and I have a huge full dressing room. And you know what? 80% of those things don't work, but it's okay because I have options, and I know that, like, it's all about your mindset, and it's all Mm -hmm. about rewiring how you think. Growing up, those dressing room moments – were awful and like they definitely haunt me mm. because I wasn't like I couldn't fit into Abercrombie and Fitch jeans and like all my best friends could um and I thought something was wrong with my body I'm mm. like why and then now I'm like oh because I had hips at an early age yeah and those jeans aren't built for curvy right girls they're just not if I had known that you yeah. know maybe I wouldn't have been so hard on myself sure so I think it's like a lot of educating yourself. And I think it's like embracing your body. Like mm-hmm. it's okay that you have hips or don't have hips or, you know what I mean? And if mm-hmm. you don't, then like, you know, you just got to find the things that work for you. Right. And once you do, and it just takes a little bit of effort. That's mm-hmm. what I tell people. Like you can't just walk into Madewell and think like, that it's going to be a one-stop shop. You might find one top, and that's a success. Like, if you find one thing that you love, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I I do – I have, like, people I've worked with that have um, been sad that they only, like, walked away from a store with one item. And I'm like, no. Like, this is about building your whole wardrobe, like, from – it should be from different places. Things are going to fit you differently. Everything's built differently. So, yeah. How do you deal with online shopping? Because that's really tough, too, because you can't go in and just try a bunch of things. Right. So actually, that is where um, my try-ons that I've been doing have Mm -hmm. come in handy with some of my readers. I have gotten a lot of messages from people saying, like, 
oh, you're very similar to my body shape. This makes it so easy to online shop because I can see what size you wore, and then I order based off of that. Mm -hmm. So if you are a big online shopper, I would suggest trying to find fashion bloggers that are your body shape that do try-ons. I try to do try-ons weekly and collaborate with other bloggers who are different body sizes so mm-hmm. that, like, you know, everybody can... So everybody can, can kind of see yes, how I it think looks it's like. really been, like, a very cool thing, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, the other, the other side of it is you kind of just, like, I just order multiple sizes. I order lots of options. I don't have an easy body to fit. I order a bunch, and I return what doesn't work. I started doing that probably two or three years ago, and I just found that it made me, the success rate was so much higher, and I was like, you know, I'm putting this money on a credit card, which is annoying, but at least I'm getting something that fits. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. not frustrated because I ordered 10 things all in one size and nothing fits. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just kind of have to like think about it as like a, doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. Right. And size is totally just a number. It's It's them, not not you. Yes. It is. It is. It totally is. Yeah. Totally is. Pearl and Emmy is your other daughter, Mm -hmm. Emmeline. When they, yes, I know I'm talking about you. She just (laughs) smiled really big. That's right. She's like, finally, (laughs) now y'all talking about me. Good stuff here. That's right. She's so cute, you guys. If you uh, go to our YouTube page, you can see a video of her. She's just adorable. You have two daughters. It is inevitable, no matter what shape, size, Mm -hmm. whatever they are. I mean, especially in like middle school or even before that, there's going to come a time where they're going to struggle with their looks, whether somebody says something or they just don't feel adequate enough or whatever. They don't have, uh, you know, hips or they do have hips or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Have you thought about how you're going to deal with that and what you're going to say and the environment that you're going to create for them? God, it's just really hard. I remember going through that all as a as a young girl through middle school and high school, and I really think that it shaped a lot of who I became and the struggles that I had. I still remember, like, in second grade, this kid telling me that I had f- fat legs and that, mm. like, set the course of my <laughs> body image issues just because and I remember his name too like (laughs) but you know looking back I'm like oh it was just to him it was just a a kid comment you know what I mean like yeah he probably would never even remember he said that Emmy came up to me yesterday or the day before and said and she's three and she said mommy I need I'm not pretty enough I need makeup and I said wow whoa and it just threw me for a loop because I was not expecting that and I really try hard in our house we really don't talk about bodies at all we really try I try not to be like oh that makes you look so pretty I try not to do that um so I'm not really sure as as a three-year-old you just don't even know if they hear overhear somebody saying it they're just like mimicking something or yeah exactly so she the way I'm gonna approach it is First, you know, with like for that, for example, I would say that is not what makes you pretty. And then I would explain to her that it's what's on the inside that makes you pretty. I think it's just a culmination of of the environment that you said. Mm-hmm. So I never had anybody to look up to in the media, mm-hmm. like on TV. Obviously, we didn't have social media, but in magazines or anything that was not about that was not like a perfect look or quote-unquote, perfect-looking mm-hmm. body type. Anyone that was above a size 4 yeah. was 
I mean, I can't even think of like any overweight people. Right. And, and unless it was made into like a joke, like Roseanne mm. or something like that. And it's just like, what message is that sending us? Mm-hmm. Like just growing up, you just think that like something's wrong with you if you're not mm-hmm. a certain size or a certain shape. And so if they were older and if they came to me and said like, I'm feeling really insecure about my body and blah, blah, blah. I would pull up my Instagram and I would show Mm -hmm. them all of the different women that I follow Mm -hmm. and how powerful they are and how, you know, I would just show them examples of that. If one of them says, like, I don't like my thighs or something like that, I'm going to combat that with, I actually love your thighs because they look like this and this and this. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm going to, like, try to turn those negative thoughts into really because I actually love it because of this and Mm. then not feed into like oh honey I know you know you don't look like those people I just (laughs) feel like that is kind of what our society used to be like Mm -hmm. and I think this generation of moms like Mm. in my generation I think we're all kind I think we can all agree that like we've got to change the way that we talk about our bodies ourselves we don't use the word diet in our house. Like, it's just, yeah. you don't realize what all the kids are taking in mm-hmm. and how damaging it can be. Yeah. So. It sounds, too, like what has happened with your blog and even your social media presence is it's now for even a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, and I, you know, I could be wrong, but, I mean, at the beginning, I mean, you do have amazing fashion and mm-hmm. you are so creative and it's wonderful. But not only that, but to be an example now of your daughters to look up to. Yeah. Doing something that you love is really a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you. What do you hope is the message and kind of uh, purpose that this creates? I get a lot of messages that are just like, hey, just so you know, I had a baby five years ago and I haven't felt comfortable wearing jeans until I started following you. And I went out and bought myself a real pair of jeans and they weren't even expensive. And I feel better than I've felt in five years. That to me is like a game changer. And it's just for me, like simply being who I am. I know those feelings. Like I've been there. So I understand it. But I'm also now on the other side of it. And I'm just like, it's so much better. And it's Mm. the freedom you feel when you like let all of that go is amazing. And I just want other women to feel it. Mm. And my goal is... eventually I would love to design my own clothing line with like in collaboration with a bigger brand or however that might come up. I just keep putting it into the universe and the atmosphere, but I just feel like size inclusivity is really, really important. Yeah. And no rules. No rules. No rules. Yeah. (laughs) Confidence is your best outfit. That Mm. is like my major point. Mm. Like even with my husband lately, he's been like, do you think I can pull that off? I'm like, babe, you can do whatever you, you can wear whatever you want. You just got to have confidence. And it's the truth. It really is. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Pearl, for joining us. (laughs) Yeah, you did it. You made it all the way through. That is so impressive. She's very interested. Good job. (laughs) Good job. I I see a future podcaster here. (laughs) Yeah, she smiled real big on that one. (laughs) Ashley, thank you so much. And if you want to follow Ashley, then all the links and everything are in the show notes below. So um, have a great week, and we'll see you in a couple weeks on the Heidi Roo Show. Thank you.